JoeVertigan.com, uh, continuing our podcast series with uh, noted car builder, uh, crew chief, Mike Randerson, you know, founder of Rander Car Racing. Uh, Mike, we're up to uh, heading into the 1975 season was uh, a dominant one for the Bear. Um, and yourself and, and crew member Gina Weber, you guys ran some Oshkosh, but we're dominating at Shano. Uh, on Saturdays, and, and this year in 75 on Sunday nights was the year that the promoters went head-to-head uh, for, for probably worse in the big picture than better. You had Jack Peters at the pier, uh, and his actual uh, an in-law at the time, Paul Kazarowski, running Seymour on Sunday nights. You guys in the 96 team opted to run to pier regularly. Um, what factors kind of went into that decision, and did you have any say in it at all, or was that Jerry Sheriff's call for the most part? No, the call was really made by Riggy, I think, okay. more than anything. Um, Roger just felt, a, you know, uh, an allegiance to Jack Peters, mm-hmm. and, you know, to De Pure paid like a bear right. prior, you know. And right. I mean, from a common sense standpoint, you would think that De Pure would win out in the end, over Seymour. But that year, I, I mean, Kazarowski paid out a lot of money, and and uh, he had some of the name guys, but uh, Jack Peters was able to draw some of the Milwaukee guys up, like Russ Peterson, for example, yeah. Bill Strom, and a few others. Yep, very <clears> true. <throat> and, um, you know, <laughs> Kazarowski was good at needling also. He, he would try to downplay the quality of the De Pure show versus the quality of his show he he called he told Riggy one day you guys are hobby stalkers you know I remember <laughs> reading about that comment as a seven-year-old yeah, yes yeah. oh yeah so anyway that didn't go over very good with Roger Regas in no. fact Roger Regas at that point in time at De Pure um was the first car to go into the 24 second bracket on the half mile and that was a big deal back then yes it was but backing up, let's just start the 75 season. We we had a clean sheet of paper. We had sold a car to Danny Teschke. And um, I started doing business with a guy by the name of Tom Hamilton from uh, Santa Fe Springs, California, who owned stock car products. Yep. And Tom and I became really good friends over the years. But anyway, so Tom had built a front clip that had a front steerer on it. it had like a Chevelle front steering but yet was more like a Ford 65 to 67 Ford front clip which the Holman Moody was kind of based off of. Sure. So it was a real good blend of what I thought was the the long suits of both the Chevelle style and the the Ford style front end. So we used that front end and went to Bill Bembenster at Bemco and I had him build me a tailpiece because I wanted to use his leaf springs on the car. And when I got it home and put it together, we built it so that we could convert it back and forth from leaf springs to a regular three-link coil spring setup as well. Right. That stuff we added ourselves. We built our own roll cage and what have you. And, you know, we bought all brand new body panels. Sure. For this one, this, you know, because oh, yeah. we had a bigger budget to work with, Joe. <laughs> <clears throat> right. And so we put the thing together, and uh, the first race at Depeer, Roger just, you know, clean sweep I mean in it that particular car was built so we could run a higher ground clearance on dirt the front end was built so I could play with it some more Tom did that for me Tom Hamilton 
and then we could lower it way down and race it at Kakana. And uh, the car ran pretty darn good at KK too. Sure. And um, I think that particular car uh, at at Oshkosh, that car was absolutely unbeatable. Sure. I think that every race that that car practically was in at Oshkosh, it won. I I, I don't. I'm probably embellishing this a little. You bit. you may be right though. I I, <laughs> I think I remember uh, in, in one of my books that that might have been verified by uh, Peter Cotter and possibly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And anyway, she was mighty stout at Shano and at De Pure also, and like I said, at KK, and that's where we ran this particular car, and I think we ended up in the high 20s for feature wins for, 70, for the 75. Let's season. go back. I mean, you guys, that Roger was selling cars, and he was going to, like, Chicago once a week, and I remember him telling me for our book, The Bird and the Bear, that he would hustle back after buying cars in Chicago on, like, a 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday He'd still make it back in time. Absolutely, he would. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we'd have the car at Kakana and have the engine warmed up and stuff. But you know, he'd hop in it and qualify it. And we didn't really get any practice time or anything like that. No. I don't think. But so we go along at at KK, and uh, Larry Schuler is the big big dog. The junkyard and, dog. Yeah, and Roger's getting nipping away at how at the gap between the two cars sure and uh, and so um one night um oh it must have been in it like july or something of this of the 75 season um there was a restart in the feature and roger got the lead back from schuler and uh schuler just flat took him out sure he took him out and he roger hit the wall a ton and uh, the car was bent up really, really bad. And so um, we took it home, took it apart, and we took it down to a body shop, a frame shop in Milwaukee, a guy that Roger had known from mm -hmm. his Milwaukee days. Sure. And um, so Jimmy, Ramson, <clears throat> and I went down there with it, and we worked all day long with this guy uh, on the frame rack, getting it straightened back out again. Joe? I was so whooped I could hardly stay awake driving it. I was going to say, the hours home. you guys, I mean, you would run three, four nights a week yeah. and switching the car over from, from dirt to asphalt. Yeah. I mean, the amount of hours you guys put, that had to be incredible. Had it not been for Gino Weber to be right there with me, we'd have never been able to accomplish what we sure. did. You know, I can't give enough credit to Gino. I mean, and he... You know, I mean, he was like a loyal soldier to the team, oh, wasn't he? He was. He'd take one for the team anytime. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me a story about that you talked about in, in books prior about the 100 lap uh, uh, special at Seymour on one of the rare occasions. DePuri either rained out or there was a special. And uh, I remember the bear telling me this story about uh, the car wasn't working at the halfway break. You tell us that story yeah. for our listeners. This is a dandy. Okay, so. Paul Kesseros, he's got this extended lap race, a 100-lapper, and I don't remember if it was 100, probably. I think it was, anyway. yeah. And I think Ed Sanger and some of them other guys. Oh, there were some hitters there. at this. Oh, I was yeah. at that race. The Iowa guys were there. But anyway, <clears throat> so um, I had I set the car up real tight, so it had understeer in it because I knew the track was going to go away and get black and shiny from top to bottom, and it just... The car would come to him later on in the race. Right. So anyway, 
we go along, and JJ uh, has got the lead. JJ Smith, yep. yep. And JJ broke a water pump, put water on the racetrack, and I think a bunch of guys went around and whatever. And that's Joe. That was the red flag stop. Okay. And as my memory serves me right now, but anyway, Rigi came. Mike, I can't drive this thing. My hands are getting. We're getting sore. I'm gonna have blisters on my hands. Right. I said, Roger, just be patient. It's gonna come to you. Yeah. And sure enough, I think I'm not sure what lap mark. Maybe a 75 or whatever. The thing came back dead neutral, and uh, Roger just took off and won the race. Didn't he lap almost the whole field? He did. Yeah. I, yep. He did. I remember yeah. that. It was one of those deals, Joe. When it came to him finally. I mean, he he just was in a class all all of his own. Wow! <laughs> so that had to be satisfying too, you know, because you guys had a rivalry with Gene Wheeler a little bit oh, back then, didn't big, you? Big time rivalry with sure. Wheeler. And of course, he always said, "Oh, if we wouldn't have busted the water pump, we'd have won." Yeah. Well, no way in the world <laughs> would they have won. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but uh, yep, that was it was good. Um, we took that car to the World 102 and qualified for the race. And the track was so rough, it was unbelievable. You really couldn't tell much of anything. In order to get the car far enough off the ground, I had to put tires on it. I really didn't want to run that were a bigger circumference. Right. So that, you know, it would just be higher off the ground. Wow. And I think we finished ninth or 10th in the World 100 with that car. Wow. In fact, Tom Stiding was there. Mm-hmm. And he did not make the race. He sure. had a, a Bemco Camaro. Yep. In fact, he had raced that car at Sean. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. And it so, was an old Jimmy Bach car. Yeah, okay. Yep. Anyway, so we <laughs> we took the, the tires off our car and put them on Tom's car for the Concy because Tom had the same problem. It was so rough. He right. Was, you know. Wow. And I don't remember how he come out, but yeah. So to sum it up, 75 was a very successful year for all you guys. Yes, yes it was. And 75, let me interject this a little bit too, and Tom Hamilton from Stock Car Products. Stock Car Products had a complete line of racing springs and hubs and spindles and um, axles and all that different kind of racing parts. And I begun to, to sell a few of those parts. Our downstairs bathroom was my warehouse. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. We had springs and stuff there. And so that basically that's when we started selling stuff to other people for their cars. That was the precursor of Rander Car Racing, which we'll yeah. touch upon in an upcoming podcast. Yeah. So stay tuned.